0: Welcome to the Vision for the Valley podcast. My name is Joseph Velarde, and I will serve as your host. In 2004, I moved from the Atlanta area to what's called the Lehigh Valley, which consists of Allentown, Bethlehem, and Easton. And I like to say that I was born and raised in Atlanta, but that the Lehigh Valley made me into the man that I am. And it's such a special, special place the Lehigh Valley is. And it's my hope throughout our time together as we journey with others from all kinds of walks of life that we'll come to discover what I've learned over the years. Just how special the Lehigh Valley is and that we together will have a vision for the valley. This vision actually was what led me to start a church called Riverbend Community Church in 2009 with a group of friends. And I so believe in the potential of the Lehigh Valley. It's my hope that we can draw awareness and attention to all that's here, all the incredible things that are happening here, and all the ways that different people are doing different things to make it the best place it can be. And so in this podcast, you're going to hear from all kinds of people as I interview them, and you hear their own experience and them sharing their stories. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping for each and every one of us, we'll see that we have a place in this story that will lead us to have a vision for the Valley. Hey, we're so glad you are with us for another episode of Vision for the Valley podcast. And today I'm really excited to have one of my good friends, Erica Butler, be on the podcast. Erica has been a friend of mine since 2010. And one of the fond memories I have of her and her husband is when our church turned one years old, they actually showed up when we were meeting at the hotel, which is now a Days Inn, and they were just so encouraging. And I just couldn't believe how encouraging they were. And then as I've gotten to know them over the years, it's been incredible to watch them grow together as a couple and as a family. And even watching Erica blossom in her career as both a mom and someone who's involved with human resources. And so recently, Erica launched a company that she's going to talk to you about called Hire. And I'm excited for you just to hear from her vantage point as a wife, a mom, and as a business leader and founder, uh, just from her own experiences, what she has gleaned and what she has learned over the years. So we're so glad to have you, Erica.
1: Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. It's an honor to get to hang out with you and do this with you. It's
0: awesome. Awesome. Well, I wanted to ask you just so people can get to know you a little bit. Tell us a little bit about yourself and really how you got involved in HR work and, and what that all entails.
1: Absolutely. So I'll start just sharing that um, I'm a wife and mom. I've been married 10 years to my husband, Travis, and I have two little ones. So my son, Cody, is six and my daughter, Rylan is turning two this month. So Mm -hmm. that alone uh, keeps me pretty busy and I'm just loving that. Um, But on the professional side, um, I went to school at Penn State University and I did my master's and bachelor's there. Um, And I learned from a very early age as a sophomore about the field of human resources. And it just really um, became a good fit for me. So I got very involved um, at school, internships, and just preparing for my HR career. Um, I actually got to work for Disney for about five years Mm -hmm. uh, through the Disney College program and then kind of on the recruiting side of things. Got to work in New York City, ABC Television Group. That was really cool. Um, Then I moved to Target where three and a half years I was one of their leaders. So I spent most of my time on the HR side, but I also got to work in operations and lead a team of Mm -hmm. 75 plus people and six department managers. So that was incredible growth experience, incredibly challenging, but so rewarding as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I moved to Thermo Fisher Scientific where um, I've been the last six years and I've gotten to do three different incredible roles there. The last four years, I've been working with executives um, from org structure to rebuilding cultures. I mean, just such fascinating work to really hopefully make a difference for the Mm -hmm. team and business. Um, Now I launched my business. What I have found in my career, Um, I was traveling quite a bit, and it was very demanding. My last role was very demanding, and I also didn't have um, administrative support, which – all together made it a little challenging. Yeah. I got a, I was having anxiety. I was having a, a difficult time doing all my roles. So my husband and I made a big decision and um, we just decided to launch this business. So right now I have a team of six employees. Um, we have several clients, some long term, some project based, and we're doing this thing. It's all HR services and we are having a blast. And I'm just so excited about it.
0: Well, I was so excited to hear even from The way in which this came about, because I know we had been in a lot of conversations over several years, but really even to watch you get clarity to what the call was and then to have the courage to follow that call was so huge. Erica, I I remember hearing from you about what it is that you felt led to do and just just to watch it. Really take off over these last several months? Because that hasn't been that long. When did it officially launch again?
1: So we opened the LLC. I resigned Thermal Fisher in October. I stayed on to help right. them with some stuff through March part time. And then I launched my LLC in November. So, wow. But I didn't really start till January. So yeah, it's, it's been, been really six months where I've been really pouring into the business for six months.
0: It, that it is yeah. incredible to watch. And it's been cool to get a, a front row seat. And every time, someone launches something, I always know the cost of doing that. And so I always like to applaud people. So I'm going to give you a hand clap Gosh. because <laughs> well, I <bad> think, guys, <laughs> you, you I it. You well, lived, you lived it. well, because I know how hard it is yeah. to go from the dreaming or in envisioning what could be to actually f- having the discipline to follow through with that. And I, I wanted to ask you like, for your standpoint, what was some of those steps you took to get you to the place where you were ready to to launch this, this company up?
1: Uh, it was very scary. It still yeah. is a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's still kind of crazy. When I wake up, I'm like, what am I doing again? Yeah. <laughs> but it's happening. Um, so you know what I did? I... Uh, confided in also some very dear friends that you know yeah. that are business owners. And um, I just had some amazing people come around me and show that they believed in, in what we could do and the vision with the experience and certification, education, that we could do this. So I did that. I took advice. So I went to this amazing conference about running a business for women. I didn't know how to run a business. I did a little bit from my right. experience with leaders, but I uh, had to learn how to run a business. So I, I just took these steps. I was reading books like Visioneering by Andy Stanley, mm-hmm. The Magic of Thinking big, just books that were going to help Sorry. expand me and get, teach me about why do businesses fail? What do I need to know to be successful? And then just meeting with a bunch of business owners and and brainstorming and sharing best practices. So that's, that's really what that's helped really cool. me a lot. I, so yeah.
0: what was that conference you went to? Oh my called? gosh.
1: It's um, through Dave Ramsey, huge okay. fan, Christy Wright's Business Boutique. Okay. They do it every November and they have some other events. Phenomenal. The Business yeah. Boutique has been phenomenal.
0: That's really cool. And- I want to give a shout-out to Andy Stanley for Visioneering. I'm a huge fan of that book. Mm -hmm. It's one of those books that really um, put me on the trajectory that I'm currently on. It was uh, a book I read back in 2007, and it was the the birthplace of a lot of the things we're currently doing. And so it's just been cool to see how that book has encouraged you as well and and to watch how things are are coming together. I mean, could you have have seen it going this way as a – uh, high school student at Parkland High School. Go Trojans, right? A Little <laughs> South Whitehall action going yes. on. Schnecksville, right? Yes, Schnecksville, that's right. <laughs> go that's right. We're, we're we're By the way, we are uh, related.
1: Yeah, distantly, uh, right? Distantly. <laughs> my, your wife.
0: Yeah, so my wife is related to Erica's family. Yeah. So this is kind of like a family reunion <laughs> on this podcast going on here. So pretty cool. Yeah. But yeah, it's been it's been neat to to see how this story has unfolded. So tell us a little bit more. As far as what it is that you do and and how this plays out in the day-to-day operations and overall vision for working with clients and really just anything that helps us to understand what you do to help um, companies to create a healthy culture in order to really look out for the people while also looking for not only the people side of it, but what they're going to be able to produce. Because a lot of times those things are pitted against each other. It's people or what you produce as a company. And I I feel like with you, you try to really say, no, 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 they actually work together.
1: Yes, they absolutely do. (laughs) So what we do is we partner with typically small to mid-sized businesses, and we really bring in an HR strategy for them. Um, What I have found is a lot of small business owners and leaders, they really um, don't realize, they're smart, smart people. They're doing great things, but they don't realize that HR is not a soft skill. There's master programs, bachelor's programs, employment law, compliance issues, major stuff, certifications you have to study a long time to master. In the body of HR knowledge, it's proven best practices. How do you hire the right candidate? How do you build a healthy culture that's going to grow sales and going to help people to stay? These are big deals for a company to be successful. So what I have found is sometimes they think it's soft skills. I can be in my HR. I can lead a team. But they're really spending a lot of money in these areas and and missing out big Hmm. time of where they could be. So we come alongside as HR practitioners and help them. Like you were saying, we we bring the help their their performance raise. We we put in performance management procedures. We put in policies. We put in um, focus groups and two way communication and surveys and ways to know what what's the team need. What are they saying? Do they have a voice here? Do they see the vision? We help them answer all those questions and give them a real strategy action plan path forward.
0: That's really cool. I wanted to ask you as we think about you you listed out and hopefully I'm gonna capture all the things you just said, because you said some really, really yeah. important things. So what are some of the performance incentives that you have recommended for different clients to put in place? If you could give, for example, on, on each of those areas, and I know each company is a little different, so you have to yeah. be very specific with those companies, but can you just give us some examples of how that really manifests those areas that you mentioned, whether it's incentives or uh, two-way communication or uh, um, the, the the goal setting that you are trying to to create within those companies. If that a question. Yeah. Makes sense. So that's, yeah, that's
1: a fantastic question, and I love what you said at the beginning because it's so true. Every company is so different, is in a different spot, and they really need their like right. a di- different different recommendations based mm. on where they're at. So I'll, I'll share a few that have that are typically very successful. Okay, um, launching a career development program. Mm the main reason people leave company it's not it is pay is involved but it's normally because they don't have a career path they want to grow i've done probably a thousand exit interviews i've read just surveys that is why people leave they they leave for a better job they don't feel like there's a path forward they're not growing so putting together something where people can have development be invested in have a path forward is game changer for an organization Hmm. for retention and for just engagement. When you feel like you're being developed, you're excited. You have a path. People believe in you. Do you know what I'm saying? It does a lot for someone and for a team. So that's one big thing. Mm -hmm. Um, A second is a recognition program. We're rolling one out actually May 29th with one of my clients. They don't have that. So it could be as simple as, um, you know, you, 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 you recognize one another. You put something in a jar. You pick someone out every month and they get a $50 gift card. Wow. You got the mo- You know what I'm saying? Like little yeah. things. Going to lunch with the boss. Little things that collectively say thank you are meaningful to people. Mm-hmm. Get them excited about their work. It's powerful. Oh,
0: really um,
1: and then the last thing I, I could tell you probably 10, but performance no, go for management. It. Yeah. Woo. Can I tell you, um, so we just did this huge training where I was like back-to-back for four weeks traveling around doing leadership training, right? We had an hour and a half on performance management, and that's where we had the most practice. Leaders that have been leaders for 30 years, I have to- they told me, I cannot sleep. I can't sleep, and I'm sick to my stomach because I have to do this final warning. They hate it. They put it off. They don't do it. But what does that do to the culture? The people that are doing a good job are so frustrated. There's not accountability. People are – the morale drops. It is so – it's terrible. But a lot of people, because of the conflict management, they struggle. Not everybody, but we – that's another thing. We'll come alongside companies and give Hmm. them performance management tools, practice, training, and equip leaders so they do a good job and so they understand how imperative that is.
0: That's really good. Now, let me ask you about performance (laughs) management because I I do think that is really an important – uh, part to it. And I know, obviously, you're not given the whole training here, uh, <laughs> but I, I did. I, I am curious from you. What what are some of the the tips you would give for people who are listening to this to say, you know what, I'm in the middle of really a environment um, that's there's just the morale is low, and part of it is because of this. Uh, you know, there's not enough feedback that's been given in a way that would help to ensure performance is advancing or there's some cultural culture killers so to speak it is Um,
1: are you talking about for leaders or employees
0: i would say both i would say both yeah go go both sides
1: so for employees we have had many people come to me complaining about this type of thing and what i will always tell the employee is if they're an employee and a professional or wherever they are in their career If it's something simple, can you you have the conversation? Empower your team to be a good team. Have that trust. And and you have to build that up as a leader. You have to set the stage in communication. We're going to give each other feedback. That's how it goes. But if it's more serious or more challenging, you need to go to your manager. And you need to ask them, tell them, and give them the feedback. Because sometimes they just don't know. Um, As a leader, I would say be very proactive, the one thing that a lot of leaders do is walk by. They see someone's on their cell phone when they shouldn't be, or they see people gabbing for an hour when the other employees are working, or whatever it is, and they walk by. Well, that says you can do it. So they need to jump in and also, it comes to relationship. If you don't have good, solid, trusting relationships with your team, if you give them coaching, they might not even listen. But, but you can't just keep talking about it. What is the next step? It might be a first warning. But that first warning might get that employee back on track and be a successful employee. Yeah. Those are the decisions you have to make. And you got you to just do it and partner with your HR. HR will help you. You're not alone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I, I would say this even about that, even just from my vantage point. And even as you, you've said that, one of the things that I think is so key on this is, and we've started to do this more even on our team here, is just to make sure that I'm being intentional with not only relationship time but also – really checking in on the areas of oversight that they have, not because I don't trust them. I do trust them, but I I like to ask them, Hey, I know you, you're carrying these three areas Mm. that you oversee. I want to talk, talk through them with you and I want to see how they're going from your vantage point. What do you feel the that path, best path forward is to develop other leaders to really ensure that it's not just uh, being bottlenecked by you, not because you're not a great leader. You are a great leader, but it's so tempting as leaders to, to let it be bottlenecked because you know it, it takes time to develop. Mm-hmm. It takes time to really shoulder tap and invite people in to those things. But I have found as I enter into those conversations and set uh, deadlines and check-in times with them – it, it becomes less of a, hey, this is a just a performance review, and this is more of a, hey, I'm building into you, and I want to build into you because I care about you, and I want to celebrate what's going on in your life personally, but also celebrate what's happening as far as the, the wins for what you're doing and overseeing because there's so much good happening. But also want to have clarity to how I help you moving forward, and I have found just the response from our team towards that has been really good in the sense that they felt like I was paying attention. Mm -hmm. And in the midst of all the things that leaders juggle and, hey, no one, including Erica, who is a founder and leader, is is making light of point leadership or uh, being a founder of something. However, it's easy to allow ourselves to, whether it's go by someone who's on the cell phone or gabbing, uh, it's easy to get our blinders on and lose sight of the people that we are leading and making sure there's some intentional pieces Mm -hmm. that are going on into their development and to seeing, you know, it's that famous quote, you're going to trust, but verify, right? Like Mm -hmm. trust, I trust these people, but I need to verify what's happening in their own lives, but also in the areas of their oversight. And again, this is Mm -hmm. not about being a micromanager. No, no, no. This speaks of just caring. Would you, what do you think about that?
1: I just love that you talked about that, Joe. Um, and it's it's the power of connection with your team. It's setting a lo- aside time to truly invest in them. Um, another book I love is by John Maxwell, The Twenty One Laws of Leadership. I've read it three times. I've done leadership group studies at awesome? Thermal Fisher. It's yeah. phenomenal. One of the laws is the law of connection. Mm-hmm. And when you know you're in, Joe, because I know you personally, I know you're excellent about at this. Mm-hmm. I know I know your team well, and you show you deeply care about mm-hmm. them. It's like you said, it's not just about how the job they're going to do. Yep. You care about them personally. You care about what's going on in their life. You know their kids' names. That is so powerful. People, when they feel connected like that, they want to stay, and they also feel trusted and t- like all those things matter. And it, we teach it in this um, training we do, leadership one on one. And that is a baseline, but a lot of people don't see that or get that. I didn't know that when I was a new leader, I would walk by people and and not say hi. And guess what? I got pulled in my boss's office for real. (laughs) And I learned very early on, you can't do that. You got to say hi to your team, Mm -hmm. shake their hand. How are you today? Look them in the eye. So I want to just share a quick example. So a client that I had in back in March, this is amazing. This story, um, they the, the HR team was doing um, exit interviews. They had such high turnover for, for new people, and the biggest thing they heard was they didn't know who their supervisor was. Hmm. They didn't know. They didn't hmm. know who to go to for, and yeah. they didn't even know the name. So, and they said, "I'm leaving because nobody even knows me. They don't know my name. They don't yeah. know me." Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, guess what they did? They revamped, and now they they have a whole onboarding plan. They they spend time with their supervisor. They get they build a relationship. Their rate has gone up. So, like, I mean, their turnover dropped significantly and they've had a huge turnaround. So those, that's just one specific example of how powerful it is. And I've seen it in my own walks in HR connection. Don't underestimate it. A third of my time in my work schedule is with my team. Whether it's calling them, checking in on them, email that. And I will stick to that.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You have to. It's
0: so good. And I would say too, even with, it was interesting you said about the supervisor. I think the supervisor care is so interesting because in in connecting, because care and connecting, Yes, it's about the person, but I think one of the things I've heard and I've experienced in my own life is when there's not true connection in care, usually there's confusion on expectations. Mm -hmm. And whenever there's confusion on expectations, as Brene Brown says so well, it's one of the most unkind things we do to the people we work with. Because when there's not clarity to who you report to, what you're doing, how you want it done, when it's supposed to be done, and there's not check-in times regularly around that – That leads to a lot of frustration. And they don't know
1: where they stand. That's right. People do not like that. They don't want to feel nervous about where do I stand with my boss. They want to know. So I agree with you, Joe, and I I completely agree with Renee as well.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I was going to say too, like I think this goes on both sides. Like if you're the the founder or the leader, you need to have those conversations. But if you're saying, hey, I'm not in the position of the lead chair, I think it's just as important. I just recently had a conversation with somebody. I said, have you – they were – So unsure about the expectations. So they had this pressure on themselves and I asked them, I'm like, have you asked your bosses point blank, what their expectation of you is? And they're like, no, I haven't. All right. So
1: if you don't know,
0: so now, now you're putting a lot of maybe undue pressure. Maybe it's the right right expectation but you don't know it's a partnership that's right you have to have the conversations
1: it's a partnership in everything when it comes to career development when it's and that's the thing you have to set that tone as a leader that i this is a two-way street this is just not me leading like you have a big role here you lead yourself as well and i'm empowering you to do that you got to give me feedback and as a leader asking for that feedback approaching and you do that which is awesome
0: well and i think that part of that too is just even as i've had to grow in it one of the things i've realized early on in my leadership because We started Riverbend when I was 28 years old, which is, you know, if you remember what you were like at 28, uh, you know, (laughs) there's a lot that you need to learn and a lot of things you didn't know you needed to learn. But one of those things is having clarity for myself about what it is I'm going after, but also helping the team around me to understand that because, um, you know, Erica and I both share this vision gift and Visionaries 10 to be so big picture oriented that a lot of times they go from picture to picture to picture that it's hard to, to keep up. And, and not only is it hard for the team, but even for us to keep up because there's so many things we want to see happen. And so I think over time learning the power of giving clarity and gaining clarity has been such a gift. Um, that we give to others. And then I would say even prioritize, though, that's right. Helping priori-
1: them prioritize and them helping you. That's, prioritize. Right, that's
0: right. Like I have a, you know, and that's one of the things that te- teamwork ha- helps you to do when you solicit feedback and you ask for it. And that goes from both the leader and the employee. Uh, you really are opening yourself up to an opportunity to understand, Hey, where are, where is there misalignment? What are the priorities and what needs to wait? And what needs, you know, what's, what's the most important right now. And my, I have a good friend that, you know, Jason McDaniel. And he says, Hey, you know, Joseph, time I, every time I talk to you, I sense there's like an urgency, which is good. You know, there's intentionality from who I am You're
1: a driver. That's right. <laughs> but he
0: says, you know, we only have a couple bullets here. So what, you know, we don't have 20 bullets, so you only got one. So what is the one thing you want to point and shoot at right now? And, and it's, and it's a really, a really great, enlightening question for me because it's helped me to pace a bit in what it is that I'm trying to achieve and go after it. Now, I wanted to ask you, you said something really, really key about this leadership development piece and really developing people. And I wanted to ask you, what are some of the things tangibly you have watched play out when when employers practice that leadership development and a cr- clear career path forward? How does that play out? And and I know every company is a little different, but what would you recommend for people who are looking to maybe add some of those types of things to
1: what they do? Sure, absolutely. So um, just talking starting baseline, role modeling. You have to do what you say. I know it sounds simple, but leader – when I do my leadership trainings, we always kind of ask, tell us about a bad leadership experience because there are so many. Mm -hmm. There are so many. And um, we say, okay, learn from each other. Don't do that. This is what we should do. Um, But role modeling – That's how you gain respect. Make sure if I say that this change is happening, I'm not doing the old process. I will be doing this every day, talking about this every day. The other thing is consistent communication. To your point, Joe, that top one thing or the top three things, what are the priorities? Communicate them. Day and night, all the time. That's what you're talking about. So the team knows what's expected of them, what what you have to do. But I also think, I mean, we talked about this a little bit already, but that relationship, that you show you care and you pour into them. And I think also that you want them to be better than you, that you, you, you don't put a lid on them. Okay, so you, you have a gift in this. I'm going to connect you to this mentor. I want them to mentor you. You s- expand your network, or sorry, you use your network to help them grow. And yeah. you you see opportunities for them. You pull them in. If you're leading a meeting, why don't you lead this meeting this time? Having that constant thought about what can I do to develop this person and have that action plan that you're going to commit to and That's support really them in that mm. is huge.
0: Yeah, and I would say, too, to, to that point, I think looking for those intentional opportunities, whether it's them leading a meeting and then providing feedback right after. Yes. So the feedback, and when I say feedback, some of you know how to do that. Some of you don't know how to do that. But feedback is really uh, a chance uh, to really offer encouragement of, hey, what went really well? And then what are the areas you can improve on? This is not a beat up session, but it's also not a pretending everything was perfect because no one's going to be perfect. And you start know? asking them, That's right.
1: how do you think you went? Like, you know, how do you think it went? How That's did right. you do? And get them talking about it. And are you aligned to that? And then if there's growth, all right, this is the thing we're going to do next to stretch you a little more, grow you a little more.
0: That's really good. Yeah. yeah and I, I think even to a, a clear path forward for their their development and their career uh, is really key. And so one of the things you have to examine is really where, where do you see these people going long-term and how are you going to help them to really become the best version of themselves as they work with you? And I know one of the, the challenges is like, what if they're not here long-term? What if they're not a long-term fit? But you know what? One of the ways that we, I think, help to move things forward, whether we know it or not, is to practice open-handedness. And when we practice generosity, and I know it's scary and I know it's hard and I know sometimes it means you gave a lot, and then they're they gone. But at the end of the day, the way that you are going to pour into them and develop them and then celebrate well, whether they stay or whether they end up going forward. Really speaks volumes about who you are as a leader. What do you think about that? Oh
1: yes, and that will impact your team every day. Um, every single person on my team, I have so uh, there's eight of us total. Yeah. We just brought in an HR intern, which she's phenomenal. Awesome. I'm so excited about her. Yeah, she, yeah, we have a team meeting tomorrow night, uh, and she's going to join and meet the team. So anyway, um, but. Now I have lost track. I'm thinking about the s'mores because we're having a campfire. Can you repeat that last part of the question? No, well, no, no. I just okay.
0: said, you know, just thinking through like the idea of when you celebrate and let people,
1: oh,
0: yes. you know, and, and let them go. And I didn't know what your thoughts were. I know on
1: now. So every single person that joined my team, I told every one of them, Hey, you could do this. If you decide you want to start, come row with me in this direction. And they're excited about the vision. Awesome. You are so smart and you can do this or you can persist. So if you're with me six months, awesome. If you're with me two years, awesome. If you're with me the rest of your life, awesome. But let you know that I have your back, and I will refer you. I will recommend you. I don't want them to feel pressure that they have to stay with me forever. I see the value of what they're bringing now, but I'm for them, and I will be for them in whatever they decide to do. So and good. every one of them, I told them that, and I mean it. So we have fun. It just takes the stress out. You don't have to feel guilty if this is not a fit for you anymore. I'm cheering you on. You, you do what you got to do for your family, for your life, you know. It feels it makes it easy i 'm telling you
0: <laughs> yeah that's, I, I, I do think that is really freeing on both sides yeah. of it because then you don 't see it as a this isn 't a, a knock on what you 're doing but rather a celebration of what 's continuing to happen through through your company and through the people that you 've brought on. Um, and I was going to ask you too, your company's based out of Allentown, right?
1: Yes, it is. Uh, that's where our, we we're based in Lehigh Valley. So most of our teams here, we okay. do have somebody in Canada. Okay. So that's why we're international. And I right. told her, I'm like, for her, I put pressure. I'm like, you better not leave. Cause then we won't technically be international, but <laughs> you know, humble beginnings. beginning. So we'll no, that's, <laughs> that's awesome.
0: Hey, Hey, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with humble beginnings. That's how that's things get stuff. started. But I wanted to ask you too, Erica, you know, as you think about, you know, we've talked about connection. We've talked about, you know, the development and the path forward and, and really being the biggest proponent for the people on the team. What do you, what do you say to someone who's a culture, what I call misfit? How do you, how do you go about, obviously a warning is good, but when, when you realize, Hey, this is just not a good fit, this is not a good fit. What do you recommend uh, people, you know, helping people really, first of all, both on the employee and employer side of things. So like, if you're an employee and you're like realizing, Hey, I'm not a good fit here. <laughs> like there, there are times, like, I think we've all been in jobs. I know I was in a job where I was like, Whoa, I am not a good fit, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know? And, and, you know, I, you know, we have to, you have to make difficult decisions. And if you're an employer, you know, and sometimes I know that it could be a rotating of, of jobs in areas of expertise within the company. But I was just kind of curious, if there's a, a cultural misfit within it, how do you recommend proceeding?
1: So I think, talking about the employee first, honesty with your employer. Is there another role for me? I don't feel like I'm being used the best way, or this is my skill set. And try to get a path forward at that company. If that doesn't make sense and there's not a path mm-hmm. forward, I mean, maybe your employer can... I know it's scary for people to do this, but like help you find something. If they're like me, I would try to help them. It doesn't always go that way, right? If they're like you, you would help them. Um, But I just think being, having an open dialogue around it and not saying, Hey, I'm leaving. I'm committed to this, but these are the areas that don't match up and, you know, try to collaborate on it and get a path forward for an employer. Now, I've seen team members really throw off a team culture and just be very negative, very difficult to work with, um, even from attendance issues, all kind of stuff. Then I would just say bring accountability. Be honest with them and tell them. A lot of leaders I find because they're scared of the conversation – they make it like this like hand slap and like they just don't handle it maybe the best at times. Yeah. But it's not a hand slap. It's I care about you and that's why we're having this conversation. It's not fun for either mm-hmm. of us. This is not working. Mm-hmm. Let me talk to you about what a path forward could be. Do you want to be here? Are you happy here? Asking them those questions. Like like honestly asking them. And if not, all right, what can we do? Or you need your behavior needs to change. You're infecting the team. This is the consequences. Right. And then lay out, all right, if you don't, this is the warning, there's consequences. And they might not be on the team in a couple months, yeah. you know, which are, is hard, but you do it out of care for them, and you always want them to leave feeling like it 's not fun, but like i 'm here supporting you still That's right. Does that 's right that makes sense, yeah,
0: that makes sense because okay. i think yeah. I think when you enter into those conversations, I think we can. Obviously, they're not a fun no. conversation. So let's not like we don't have to pretend like. If I'm you, so
1: looking forward to that final right, warning. Right, yeah. I'm looking
0: forward to you know laying down these warnings. If <laughs> if that's you, well, you may need to get some counseling. But we, we uh, you know we we Same normal place. people, yeah. There's Safe Place Ministries. We can hook you up. But uh, you know, for us who really want to see people thrive, you know, sometimes those conversations are so uncomfortable. And I think one of the ways, even as you were saying that, is really looking out for the care of the person and even sharing with them what is the path forward in the middle of that. And I think getting specific. Not nitpicky. Now, nitpicky in specific are not the same thing, because mm-hmm. we can get really nitpicky on everything. Yeah. All of us have micromanager. It, you know, right, that's right. one of the re-
1: things people say. I don't, That's why they leave. My boss is a micromanager. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I, hear you. I
0: think the micromanager is something we got to be careful of, and also the hands-off kind of manager. Mm-hmm. So sometimes people who have experienced micromanagers, they go the other extreme. And they'd be like, oh, well, here's the task. They're not present. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my hands totally off this situation. And I've, I've had to be careful of that because I experience micromanaging and it's not fun. But I have to be careful that I don't go the other extreme with that. And so as you get into those conversations, and Erica gave some really, I, I really believe, helpful thoughts on this. It's just really getting to the point where you understand why you're doing this. It's because you care about these people and you care about the culture that you're trying to really protect. And so I think using language like, hey, I noticed uh, that this has happened a couple of times, you know, and I would prefer and this is the way we do it here. You know, when you start using that type of terminology and, and verbiage, it helps, I think, to get specific and not make it an attack. No. This is not a character attack on you. There's other
1: things they're probably doing well. Right. And, and, you know, it's okay to acknowledge that. Like, you do, you know, we value you here. And yeah. that's why we, we're we ha- we're trying to do a path forward. You know, yeah. you yeah. could just drop them on the final, or but you're not doing that because you're investing, which is hard.
0: Yeah. And I, okay. yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, no, oh, no. I was going
1: to share um, another thing I think no. leaders don't always realize, and I, I was one of them a few years ago, is how what they say matters so much to their team. It doesn't matter if you're a lead and they're not even technically reporting to you, a supervisor. It doesn't matter the level you're in. It matters so much because you have a say on their performance review, on their employment. You do have power over that individual for their employment. That's a big deal. And I have found, like, for instance, when I walked by people and didn't say hi because I was so driven, focused on my next task – I didn't mean not to say hi. I cared. But I'm like, it's just me. They don't care. It's just me. And even when we do the leadership training, many leaders come forward and say, wow, they really care that much what I think. Yes, if you recognize them, they're telling their their, their family at the dinner table. If they got in trouble that day for some reason or there was a ba- you were mean to them, they're telling that they're t- that's what you talk about with your family. So I think for leaders to realize, oh, it's just me, but what I say really matters to my team a lot. They really value what I say, good or bad. You have to be be very thoughtful about it and recognize the power you do have. And, and, and it's a privilege, the privilege that you have, really. Yeah,
0: that's right. And I yeah. think when you I think when what you said is right on too. when you care about people, it's going to affect the overall performance of what's going on, because a lot of times, even what I've noticed, and you can speak in this to Erica, I've noticed a lot of times the things that we see isn't really the issue that is going on underneath what's happening. So there's an issue underneath the issue. And I think we need to really be paying attention. Sometimes that means there's been a lot of conflict at home. And when conflict at home is happening on a regular basis, the the people that we're working with are stressed out, they're exhausted, and they're going to bring that to the office. And I know a lot of people say, you know, you separate your home and your work. Oh, that's but,
1: not real. <laughs> In my opinion, no, sorry. it's not real. Because you're a human that's and your right. right. emotions carry over. They just do.
0: <laughs> right. And I think really being able to be attuned to the overall emotional health of, of your teammates and team members and those that you're leading or if you're being led I think is really key because there's so many things that people are going through and to pay attention not only to what's going on in their work life, but in their home life, to ask good questions, to be thoughtful, to, to ask, you know, how are you doing? How's your marriage? If they're married, you know, if, if they're single, you know, how, how is life going for you? You know, what is the things you're excited about being able to really, I think dive down into those areas of what's happening because a lot of times what is brought into the office is something that's going on in them or in their home life or – there's a lot of different issues. And I find that if we'll take the time to slow down and listen, it gives us an opportunity to address not only what's going on but also what's going on beneath what's going on, if that makes sense. No, you know, it does. Yeah, yeah.
1: And I think – Really doing your best to believe the best in your team. And, you know, we actually, not to keep going back to this performance no, management training, yeah. but we always say do not just put this first warning down in front of someone. Maybe they are having attendance issues first, or even coaching them. Don't do that until you check. They're okay. Yeah. Just check on them. There could be really good reasons for it. Don't make the assumption that it's just because they're not managing their time and they keep being late. Um, even from a perspective, did they get enough training? Well, it, it might not be their fault. Many times it's not their fault. That's so right. are we doing everything we can as an employer, as leaders, to help this person be successful? And if not, they should not be held accountable. We should, and we need to fix it. And that's, right. a lot, that's sometimes half of it. So,
0: Yeah, and I was yeah. going to say, too, with this accountability thing, back to that, a lot of times when we go to the people – And we start addressing what we're seeing, whether it's an attendance issue, whether it's a tone that was sharp or just not in line with our value system, whether it was being siloed off and we're confronting that. A lot of times, what you'll find is as soon as you start going to that issue, you're gonna be able to address, and they'll hopefully, as they're teachable, they're gonna be able to say, hey, you know what, this is the issue beneath the issue. A lot of times, not always, you'll pick up on, hey, you know what. For me, this is, you know, they'll say something to the effect, well, man, you know, things are going really hard right now at home. Or, you know what, like I was taught this way when I was brought up about, you know, you you make sure you take care of your own stuff. Mm -hmm. And when you take care of your own stuff, that's how you become siloed off. And silos really uh, thrive on this illusion of being independent. When really what we're talking about is interdependence. Interdependence is so key in order to keep a culture To be built up, and that chemistry is happening. Until whether it's an issue at home or whether it's something going on that is totally, you know, not necessarily something you saw or knew. When you lovingly go to them with the with the issue that is at hand, oftentimes it's going to open up some things behind why that is. And I will say, the training thing is really key too, because if we're not careful, because there's so much on our plates. We want to go so fast. Mm-hmm. And there's an old adage that says, you know, go fast and to go slow. Mm-hmm. In other words, like you're gonna go fast, but eventually you're gonna slow down. Or you can go slow to go fast. Meaning if you go slow, if you take the time to pour in, if you take the time to invest, plan well, if you... prioritize. <laughs> that's right, that's it's right. So that's right. And and as you do that, it really will allow things to move forward. Momentum will keep going on. Well, I want to ask you. A question from a unique perspective, because not only, not only are you a CEO, not only are you a founder, uh, but you also are a a wife and a mom. And I just wanted to ask you as a, as a a mom and one who is vocationally working and also vocationally a, a mother as well. How do you, how do you juggle all those things? What are the pressure points for you, even in your career path of, of having to, to manage both of those things?
1: Yeah, I'm gonna try not to get emotional because I get do emotional. When I talk it's okay. It's okay. My church knows I get emotional. Where <laughs> <laughs> <They, laughs> are my emotions on my sleeve. Um, yeah, so I first want to share a little bit in my when I was full blown, full time, like working. Some days I'm not kidding, three in the morning to like. I mean, it was some moments very intense. Okay, throw in the travel. Uh, it, Honestly, I wasn't even myself. I I was so excited about what I was doing. I was supporting North and South America. I was going to Brazil. I was going to Canada. I was going. I mean, it was so. And we were seeing culture change, results, meeting this, like exceeding the sales. Um, It was just so many good things were happening, and it was so rewarding and enriching. But then I go home, and. If I'm honest, like my son really had a hard time going to school sometimes and like was saying he missed me and he missed my husband who has a commute and works full time in New Jersey, you know? So, uh, very emotional, like feeling really guilty, feeling like I'm the worst mom ever, (laughs) the worst career woman ever. Cause I, then I had to do the mom thing. I had to be done at five, but then would log back on at night. Like it was so overwhelming if I'm honest. And the thing is, I want to share something. Um, my husband shared with me. It was, it's interesting. He told me, he's like, well, the women I work with, they have these big jobs and they don't, they, I never hear them complain or have a hard time. And I told him, I said, Travis, I'm blasting you on here, Travis. Um, that's because I not once, I'm just being honest. I didn't ever go to one of my the execs I worked with or the, the leaders, men or not leaders. I didn't tell them that because I didn't think they would understand or relate. Just being honest. But guess what? I would be on the phone with my amazing women girlfriends who also are mommies and doing these big jobs, and we would literally like cry on the phone and just be like, text each other like, I really need to talk to you today. I'm really sucking today. Hmm. It was hard and I'm coming back for those people. Just so you know, if you're listening, I'm coming back for you. In our new life, I am with my children and I work part-time and I do what I need. Um, if I need to be on night, it's fine. I love what I do. So I've just been having a blast, like just pouring into my kids, being able to get my son from school and spend time with him, my daughter, we have tea parties, like stuff. I take her to the library now like almost once a week. It's amazing. It's just like a new life and I feel so fulfilled and I just thank God for this opportunity. And I think it's possible. I really do. It's not always easy. And some moments I still, you know, get frustrated with my kids or whatever. But I just I'm so thankful that we have this path forward. Yeah. It can happen. Yeah, I was
0: gonna (laughs) ask you, so like for all these the moms who have the duality roles. And I call it duality, meaning they're, they're a mom and they have these these jobs that are, you know, they have heavy load responsibilities. Um, what, what are some things you would like to encourage them with in the midst of what they're they're going through? What, what were words of just encouragement you would say to them?
1: Well, I'll say not everyone's the same. So I think and not every job's the same. So I do think there's some out there that really have a good rhythm. And I also think if a husband's around. Then they do have more support. My husband was gone at eight So it was a little t- right, different situation, right, right? right? But I would tell them that um, don't – just there is a path forward for you. Don't feel like you have to live your next 20 years like this. You don't have to. Just research, connect, talk to your network, and, and, and try to get a path forward. Hmm. Um, I had a friend reach out to me coincidentally enough, last night on Facebook, she wrote me this long message and was like, I hate what I'm doing. She's a manager of six nature manager. She's a six month old. And she's just like, I, this is impossible. And I'm like, girl, I got you like, let's talk unless like, I have some ideas for you. So I just don't sit in that. And I encourage her. I said, good for you. Good for you that you're not accepting that if you are struggling, you can't be the mom that your kids need. You're the only mom they have. You're the only wife your husband has you. That's a key role. You can't, no one else can do that role you have to prioritize that and and find a path forward because it does exist yeah I was gonna I ask, can go on and on about
0: this no, no it's good it's good I want you to go okay, on, and on this is
1: a platform for my company a but, big platform yeah
0: and so. I wanted to I, I, I kind of that leads me to my next question about the platform so obviously obviously you um, really started this company in light of really a lot of those pressure points you were feeling. So tell tell us a little bit of how that plays out as far as your your strategy behind, you know, helping, <clears throat> you know, moms. And I don't want to speak for you, so you yeah. share. Go ahead, share.
1: Okay, <laughs> so uh, I am bringing um, a career opportunities as they come as I continue to hire um, for people who who really desire that flexibility. And these are some of these people might not or would not be in the workforce, but they are so talented. These people I have on my team are crazy talented, but might not, for some reason, be in the workforce full-time. There is this whole body of talent that's not being utilized, of capable men and women, that if the model we have... I just want results and companies just want results. So let's make sure we get our results, but you can have flexibility in your schedule. You tell me the hours you want to work and let's make it happen. And with that, we also, for our clients, we promote flexible work options. I got to do a huge rollout in Thermo Fisher that I got to lead execute. It was life-changing for people. They were able to work remote. Some days they could, Dress in jeans in the day. Just the whole thing. It doesn't have to be so stressful. And so right. you don't have to be there all those hours. You don't have to. There's hmm. ways to do it with technology. So we have that as a big platform. And I will speak on flexibility. You can get amazing results, better results with flexibility.
0: That's really good. Yeah. Well, what, what would you say like as far as flexibility? I don't want to, you know, I know, you, you know, as we're talking through this, is there something specific you would recommend with flexibility? I know obviously be stay flexible, but what are some yeah. of the the things that you look for as you're trying to create a flexible plan.
1: Sure. So say I was, you are my client and I was building your flexible work option policy. Like these are policies companies roll out. Um, the first thing I would say if, possible, get any team member that can have access to do their work at home, give them the ability to do that. Whether they need a laptop, like try to support that for them and and, and believe that they're working. If they don't, then you ad- you know the results, you address it. I would say put that in place. Um, secondly, even the things about like like paternity paternally, what are your policies around that? Make sure you have good policies and good time off for your people. That is going to motivate them so much. It means so much to them. Um, from Oh, so this is another one. Um, we rolled out something where these are our core business hours, 9 to 3. You can come in at 7 in the morning and leave. Eight hours later, you can come. You make your schedule. How helpful was that for people? It was amazing. They could be with their kids more in the afternoon. It didn't matter. As long as you got results, you can come in at 9 and leave at 6. Whatever. You know what I'm saying? Right. Those are two really key ones that I think are impactful, the telecommuting and the flexible schedules. If you can do it for a business, then I would say try to do it. Yeah. That's well, the best. Yeah. Well,
0: Erica, we are so grateful to have you on Vision for the Valley podcast today, it was really, really fun and I could really, talk for you, really with you for hours. I, you know, I that, know, really, like really helpful stuff. <laughs> and I wanted just to ask you one final question: Where can people find you if they want to learn more about your company, learn more about you, and connect with you? What, where are the ways they can do that?
1: Absolutely. So the best place is highhumanresources.com, H-I, then spell out humanresources.com. Um, we also have a page on LinkedIn if they just type that in and Facebook. So right now, those are the best places to see what we're doing and connect with us. And I'm, I'm open. I love to hear from you. So thank you for, for putting that out there, Joe.
0: Oh, it's it's our pleasure. And it was great to have you here, Erica. I appreciate the good work you're doing.
1: And right back at you. Thank hmm. you.
0: Thanks for listening to the Vision for the Valley podcast. We would love to hear from you. You can email us at visionforthevalleypodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter under Vision for the Valley podcast. Thanks again for listening.